Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast, Season 3, Episode 73. I'm so glad to be back and to be coming in with such incredible guests that I had on, Emily and Molly. They're both Australian creatives that are making waves in our industry. In this episode, we chatted about the Wispy series, which is what Emily created and Molly directed. We go into detail of how it all began, how it all started, the filming process, and also, most importantly, we talk about how it got funded, which I feel will be super beneficial to you guys listening and anyone that is currently um, putting a project together. I just think it's um, a real learning curve and something that you can gain some insight on before you pitch your own project. So without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hey, Emily. Hey, Molly. Thanks for coming on Let Me Talk podcast today. So excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you. No worries. I'm so excited to have you girls here and talk about um, all the stuff that you've been up to, which is super, super interesting and super exciting from what I've just been seeing on Emily's Instagram because I've never met you, Molly, but um, (laughs) seen it all on Emily. So that's like super exciting. Um, And I'm sure listeners will find it really interesting just to see how you guys have come up with this series which is awesome thanks no yeah. worries. so we start with a rapid fire um just to break the ice a little bit um so the audience can get to know you a little bit more um I could get to know you a little bit more um so it's very simple nothing too intense um and you can go as fast and as slow as you want. There's no pressure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, rapid fire. <laughs> as fast as I could possibly speak. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. So the first one is um, what entertainer inspires you the most and why? Ooh. Okay. Um, Molly, go. <laughs> um, okay. At the moment, I would have to say um, – Quinta Bronson is probably my number one favorite person. Um, she is the creator of Abbott Elementary and the star. Um, and she is just doing all the stuff that I love in terms of like making her own work, uh, making work that's really meaningful. She's raising awareness about like the inequities and the challenges around being a teacher at a public school in America. Yeah. Um, I just think she's super cool and she's really funny and, yeah, such a fan. Yeah, that's a really good one. I love that. She's doing so, so many great things, which is awesome to see. Yeah, incredible. Um, I have a bunch. Um, <laughs> choose one. Um, I think Tatiana Maslany is the most incredible actor. I don't know if you've seen Orphan Black, but she plays clones of herself and there's like, so many of them and you genuinely forget you're watching the same person she completely transforms and she's just yep stunning so I really really admire her that's the goal isn't it to like play just transform into whatever character and multiple different characters and people not really just pigeonholing you in one one Mm -hmm. kind of role which is awesome I mean that's like what Meryl Streep does she can go into any character and it's the whole energy as well. Like it's not just changing the pitch or the timbre of your voice or anything. Like it's the actual, I don't know, essence as well. It's really cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The next question is 
Um, film or TV, what do you prefer to watch? I Um, think oh, you watching. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think TV now, like now that there are so many mini series, and it's not like when it was the twenty-four episode series. I think I would have preferred movies, but yeah. the like level of detail and character development and everything in the TV series, I think, probs probs my answer. Yeah, perfect. I think TV is like really like stepped up <laughs> over the like course of like the last like 10 years it's like really it's just I don't know sometimes it's just I'd rather watch binge watch a series and watch a movie which is yes yeah yeah it's yeah. a deal that you could turn it off at any point like you won't but <laughs> you think you might yeah exactly but it's just too addicting you're just like I can't I can't do it I have yeah. to keep watching <laughs> Yeah, you're right, but you do trick yourself into thinking there's freedom with television to be like, I could yeah. stop, I could stop at any time. <laughs> it's just and, not going to um, happen. I agree. I love TV. I think that, like, the fact that you give characters the chance to um, evolve and you get to fall in love with characters you just don't get in movies mm -hmm. in the same way, and it's so yeah. weird. You watch, like, prestige television and then you watch a movie and you go, oh, I wanted to know that character a bit better. Like I always find myself wanting now yeah. with like, obviously there are still in fabulous movies, but I just have that. Well, the movies suck. We hate Yeah, movies. let's actually destroy movies. Boycott movies. <laughs> Boycott movies. No, they really, like movies are really good and when they're done well, like you get to know the character in the full kind of, um, you know, an hour, an hour and a half that you have. But, yeah, TV shows just like you just get to sit with them for a for a lot longer and it's it's more of a like um fan scenario kind of thing like you you're involved you feel more involved and you feel like those people or the actors the characters that they're playing like it's just a part of part of the living room you know yeah <laughs> which is cool that's awesome and when it's done really well it's like it's breathtaking which a lot of shows right now that are out are like done incredibly well that like you know it can surpass so many feature films that have been made as of mm. late yeah yeah amazing so the next one is um I know we said we like uh tv but this is <laughs> kind of film route um uh, blockbuster or indie what do you prefer to watch I just want to be clear I still like movies. Um, I feel like I've slammed <laughs> yeah. them today. I want to. I want to repair my relationship with the film industry now. Um, <laughs> uh, I love. Uh, I would say indies mm -hmm. generally. Um, I guess if you're talking like blockbusters in like superhero movies and stuff like that, I love them. I think they can be really fun. But like, probs more of an indie. Yeah person uh but that being said I reckon some of my favorite movies probably did super well um in the you know you know you go oh yeah blockbuster or indie but then it's like The Fugitive which is one of my favorite films was like the number one film of its year so I'm like I guess maybe yeah. blockbuster. oh god look at me telling <laughs> myself like everything you just like them both can't choose between everything yes <laughs> yeah I, I think 
It's hard to say because I was trying to work out my favorite film is The Princess Bride. And I was like, I think of it as a blockbuster because like it's so well known. But I'm like, it, I think it was full indie at the time. So mm. I don't know. I'm, I am with Molly. We love everything. Yeah, you love everything. That's yeah. awesome though. Like you're giving both a go and you just open to open to blockbuster or indie. You're right. Yeah. We have open hearts. Yeah. Open I guess hearts. it just depends on also like what it is, right? So it's like if totally. your favorite actor is like an A-list actor and they're in blockbuster films, yeah. like you're probably more than likely going to go and watch that. Yes, I will watch everything that Kate Winslet is in. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I mean, she probably does a few indies here and there, but I feel like a lot of her movies end up being blockbusters anyway just because of who she is. Yeah. But, yes, Kay Winslet is amazing. <laughs> um, And the last question is, um, when are you most inspired? Oh, what a powerful <laughs> question. Thank you. Um. I wish I knew. <laughs> I think whenever I'm trying to do something, I'm not inspired. Like if I'm like, all right, I've got to write this thing, I'm not inspired. Um, often if I'm somewhere where I cannot <laughs> reach a notebook, um, then I get all of these ideas. Don't know what that tells you about me. Um, or when I'm very tired, like yeah. when I'm supposed to be falling asleep, then things will start to happen. Also, when I can see the sky, when it's cloudy, as it has been, I know, Zoe, you were just in L.A., yeah. it has been so overcast for, like, a month. It's actually um, ridiculous. I was not happy. The sky. And I feel like I can't think when I can't see the sky. Yeah, that's fair enough. That is yeah. fair enough. I was not happy with the weather. No, not good. No, oh, this is not acceptable for LA. Like, come on. Like, that right? is the worst weather I've actually been in. And I've been there, like, when it's been, like, um, the June gloom and it hasn't even been that bad. Yes. Like, I was like, this nice. is not well. Like, there was – LA was not well when I was there. No. Not great. Probably no. hasn't improved. I feel like I don't think it's improved. No, there was one day where I saw some blue in the sky. That was nice. It's really exciting. <laughs> uh, no longer. So annoying. Like I was so keen to get like really good weather. I'm just like glad I went to Vegas for, like the last couple of days. Oh, good. Even though it was hectic, it was like the weather. The weather was like really good. Okay, God. so we're living in an era where Vegas is more inspiring than LA. The tables have really turned. <laughs> just weather-wise, like, yeah, it's like it was way more inspiring this time around. Maybe wow. not um maybe not work wise. I feel like mm. maybe it maybe a bit drunk to work in Vegas, but that's fine. <laughs> we we were just like it was fun. It was fun. It was just like the weather was way better there. So I was like, Oh, I wish I had this in LA, but it was like cold when I got back to LA as well. It was like like sixteen degrees. I was like, What is this? I'm not in Crazy. Melbourne, trying to avoid Melbourne for a couple of weeks, <laughs> you know. And now I'm back in the cold. It's not it's not fun. <laughs> um, but Molly, when are you most inspired? Um I think that I am probably most inspired when I can see 
like the fruits of collaboration all kind of coming together. Like I think if you're on set and you see um, mm-hmm. everyone kind of working together uh, to make something, make a concept, make a script come to life, that's just incredible. Or like when you're in, you're writing with someone and you you get on a roll and you break a big idea. I think it's just those yeah. um, those moments I'm always either chasing or riding the high of. And I think that's what sustains me creatively is like, like breaking story as a writer, that's probably, def- not, not even probably, definitely the hardest part of writing. But mm-hmm. when you do it, when you get it, it feels so much better than the not doing it, like than the struggling with it beforehand is worse. So it's like that is so inspiring just to like be working towards that. Yeah, for sure. I I think working towards something or even like collaborating with someone else is always super inspiring because you don't just have like your own like mind. You've got someone else to share that. Sorry, I'm like yawning. It's really bad. (laughs) You're very jealous. Oh, yeah, I'm a little bit jet-lagged. Oh. It's, like, supposed to be, like, afternoon in LA, right? So that's, that's yeah. that <laughs> yeah, says a lot about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's, like, it's just, it makes it all the better when you have someone else to work off. I feel like I found that it's, like, way better to work off with someone else than to work on my own. Obviously, there's some things that you want to keep to yourself and only work on it by yourself, but. Yeah, I feel like collaborating and getting to that point is always super exciting and inspiring. Mm. Working with other people who are really talented is kind of like it's crazy when you've been doing things on a really small level and you've had to do every job and then you start working with people where people can do their own jobs and so like seeing, I don't know, I've just described it very badly, Um, (laughs) but seeing what someone else can do with the idea is just incredible. I will give you mm. an example because I think that no actual words came out of my mouth that made sense just then. Um, <laughs> we had an incredible art department coordinator on Wispy and I was used to like doing everything myself and coming up with everything myself because when you can't get people on board when you don't have enough money, um, you do mm. all that. And then seeing what she brought to the table and what she designed and everything was just magical. I couldn't believe, like, the possibilities that that created. And then that also, like, re-inspires you when you see stuff like that. So I think collaborating in that way is just really, really a bit magical. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Totally, totally agree. When you have the money, you can it's, – it's, it's a whole different level of, like, watching other people – do what they're really good at and then you can even like you know you can just take so much inspiration from just watching other people mm. be professional in what they do and you know even the lighting people they do yeah. so much for us they do a lot for actors a lot for the rest of the crew like so much they make the they make the vision just stand out a lot more mm. amazing those, those two are really great answers and you guys did really well with the rapid fire. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so nervous. No, no. Oh, my God, don't be nervous. It's a very chill space at, here at Let Me Talk Podcast. We we can say and feel whatever we want, you know. 
It's very free space. Um, so I just want to kind of, you guys can decide who starts, but um, I kind of just want to know your beginnings in the industry and yeah, like what made you want to be in this industry and make a profession out of it, I guess. Molly, you should go first. Hey, okay. Um, I have been one of those extremely lucky people who has always known what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have loved writing and performing and like creating my own stuff my whole life. And I grew up with parents who were in the industry who made it seem possible. Um, it just seemed like, uh, there was a pathway to it that, you know, so many people don't get to see. So I was just extremely lucky. Um, and not just in terms of going, oh, I know what it looks like to, uh, have to write. I know what it looks like to have to pitch, but in terms of knowing like what it looks like to be rejected and how hard it is. I feel like I had this very realistic idea of what the industry would hold. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, I got started uh, when I was a teenager because there was this kid's sketch show that um, was casting uh, and they, the way they cast was they went to all the schools in Melbourne and were like, give us your funniest kids. Um, And uh, yeah, this is a <laughs> subtle brag. I was one of the funniest kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went and, yeah, did this whole big audition process and ended up getting onto this kid's sketch show. And that was just wonderful because I got all this experience as a teenager. It gave me access to getting an agent. They also let me pitch and write sketches. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, that was kind of how I... um got I was very very lucky and it's a super unusual path sometimes people go like how do I get started in acting what did you do and I'm like okay if you want to do what I did you're gonna need a time machine like you need go back to school um it's a super unique way of getting started but yes I what I would say is like the thing that anyone can do at any point is like I was always making my own work. I was always making my own like web series and little things on the side. And um, yeah, that's kind of. Do you of- think that that's like different though? Because like, I mean, try not to take this to offense. Hopefully you don't take it to offense, but I just like, so because your parents were like in the industry and I don't know if you've met other like actors or, you know, like, um, family members or whatever, if you have, that have parents in the industry as well, do you find that the way you approached it differently to some other people that you've seen? Because I I find it, I've never heard like other people, like I've never heard it being like I went out and created my own content and things like that from people that have parents or whatever that have been in the industry. I've only ever heard like they just just instantly get the jobs, you know what I mean, which can be perceived as wrong and things like that, which, I don't really find it that wrong. I'm like, if you have parents in the industry, you're born into that. So it's kind of like whatever, (laughs) you know what I mean? If you get the job, you get the job, who cares? But did you find your, like your kind of 
worth ethic may have been different to other people that you've met um, and the way you went about things was a lot different to how you've seen it happen before? I think like it, like in, as I got older, I've worked with my parents more and more just because I really like working with them. We all get along really well and just have a lot of fun working together. But when I started, I was very, very determined to kind of make my own path. And a lot of the work I did early on was through my own, you know, I got the kids show off my own, uh, you know, through my own path. My parents didn't help me with that, but also of course they did because they raised me to be funny and hardworking. Like I, there is their influences in everything. Mm. Um, But I, I, felt like I wanted to prove myself on my own. I didn't want people to think I was getting things off the back of my parents, which now as an adult, I'm like, you know what? People can think whatever they want to think. I don't, I don't have yeah. to. Yeah. I think it's um, become bigger than it, a bigger thing that it needs to be. Like I feel like if you're, if you're like Drew Barrymore and your whole family is basically like in the arts and things like that the whole family pretty much is it's like well it's inevitable that I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be that as well and I'm gonna have like I'm gonna be closer to opportunities quicker than some other people are and it doesn't mean you don't you don't you can't take them it doesn't mean that she isn't a hard worker and things like that so I think the whole like thing has just been taken a little too far in on the wrong side, like people like looking down on it, which I don't, I don't believe that it should be looked down upon because, you know, it just is what it is. <laughs> it's just life. Yeah, I, I think so, sometimes you know, like you still audition, you still need to be a good actor. Like mm. even if someone is more known because of their relationships with other people, that doesn't automatically give them a job. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. A lot, a lot more comes down to it. But I think just what people see on the surface is that, per- even if that person got the job, like, oh yeah, they just got it because they have parents that are in the industry. Which it's like, yes, that sometimes might be the case, but also like there are other times where people have to like, they have to audition and they ha- they have to go through the rounds, even if they are known or their parents are known and things like that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. And like credit to my parents as well like they didn't hire me as a writer until I'd made like a bunch of series like a bunch of web series and short films like they weren't just like oh yeah she's probably fine like they didn't yeah um like I did have like a body of work behind me and it's still an opportunity I wouldn't have gotten if I were not their child but it is like uh yeah I um but I do think as well, people don't understand how infectious it is when you're around people who are in the industry. Of course, mm. you want to be in the industry. So if you're raised in that, exactly what you said, Zoe, it's like, why wouldn't I do this? It sounds so fun and pa- like painfully soul destroying, but in an addictive way, I must be part yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. I think, and there's some people that don't do what their parents do, which is fair enough. Um, But I feel like it's, it's super hard when it comes to like the creative thing. I think a lot of the kids that are, are born into it are more than likely going to do something in the in the arts. You know, doesn't matter what it is, they're just going to like they're going to be involved in it somehow. So I think 
but I just yeah I really like that you said that you went out and you kind of created your own things and did and essentially started from the bottom like like all of us pretty much (laughs) (laughs) we just make your own stuff yeah Yeah. and it's super important to know that too like making your own stuff is like it gives you a sense of control you take somewhat of the control back a little bit and you're not just waiting by the phone for for your agent to get you an audition you have a lot more to what you're doing than just waiting by the phone yeah Yeah. absolutely and what about you Emily how did you kind of get started in the industry and yeah, what made you want to be an actor and a creator? Mm, um, I also always knew I wanted to be an actor. I think I was 14 when I was like, it was just a given. It wasn't a lot of people were like, but how did you know that it was like, but it's so hard. And I, I don't think I even thought about it. I was just like, well, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did various plays and things through high school and through uni um went to a lot of different acting schools and trained and then I did a bachelor of arts in creative writing at Melbourne uni which was predominantly in poetry but Mm. at a certain point I then moved to LA 2018 to 2019 just for a year Mm -hmm. and while I was there my roommate and friend was like do you want to Um, we're doing this web series do you want to come and be in it and write in it and I was like oh I have a degree in writing I could probably (laughs) use that um and then I made that web series with them and that was the first kind of realization I had that the various skills that I had should be working together and I could make my own stuff um so, yeah, it's just a bunch of different acting schools here in, in Melbourne and various little things. Were you hesitant in the beginning to, like, create your own things or? Mm. Um, this is going to be just, like, no one's going to relate to this. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Um, <laughs> so I was, like, I'd been told to make stuff before and I thought, well, I can't make anything that looks good, like, I didn't know any crew. I didn't know how to shoot. I didn't have equipment. So I was just like, I could write something, but it would just be on my phone and that didn't feel like it was enough where it now does. But that was back probably 2015. Um, And it just, you know, it wasn't as much of a thing to make things on your phone and I just thought it wouldn't be good enough. Whereas now I'm like, it would have been something um <laughs> but yeah I think the hardest part probably of breaking in because you still need to break into making your own stuff is uh funding it and mm. finding crew and having yeah. people know how to do the things that you don't know how to do because when you first start you don't know how to do most things mm-hmm. and yet if you're making your own stuff you're suddenly the head of everything and that's yeah. a really weird position to be in, being like the boss but not knowing how to do anything. Yeah. But I think it's still a really important place to start in terms of making stuff. So if you can find other people who have some complementary skills and do that together, it makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think finding people, finding your like, 
the people that you're going to work with is super important and just building a community and a lot of a lot of it a lot of it is just asking people who they know even and just like be willing to not network per se but like just put yourself out there on like even Facebook groups and things like that to find to find different crew because you know sometimes you might have people that you know but you don't want to work with the same people each time because you want to meet new people so yeah it takes a little bit to get there but once you once you do break into like content creating I think it's like the best thing that you can do really great yeah yeah well, let's talk about Wispy the series. I'm so excited to talk about this because I've like just seen it on your Instagram, Emily, and like kind of followed that, but I don't really know how that kind of developed. And then, yeah, how did your partnership together develop through that, I guess? So we've oh. been friends for years. Um, we... I'm obsessed with Emily. I will go on the record. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Molly. Oh my god! <laughs> cannot stop talking to each other or about how great the other one is. It's awesome, um, and still, we've just made a series together. It's like a year and a half of like literally being in constant contact, and we still like each other. We're not yeah. nemeses. It's so <laughs> impressive. Wild. <laughs> so amazing. So amazing. Um, so yeah, we were, we met in LA in 2019 and we just became friends really quickly. And so we've always just, yeah, we've been friends first for years before we did anything Mm -hmm. together. Um, but I was pandemic year. Don't know if you've heard of of this pandemic thing. Um, Mm, yeah, I'm not too (laughs) sure what that one is. Can you just explain that a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was talking to Molly about wanting to make a series and she was going to help me out and have a look and read the scripts and it was just like something I was working on and I gave it to her and she was like, this is good, but I wanted to get funding and it was not in a state. It was very, um, the episodes were long, the money it would have required because it was also fantasy, would have been insane. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, do you have anything else? I think there's maybe more money in TikTok. Um, do you have anything for TikTok? And I was like, oh, well, I do have this idea that I'd come up with like a month before of a witch who's really bad at magic and she's vlogging. Um, <laughs> and she was like, write that. Um, and I did. And that's how it started. Yeah, amazing. So what's the actual – so is that the premise of it? So the still the same kind of mm. premise of it? Yeah, so it's a fantasy rom-com. It's 22 one-to-two-minute episodes and it's, um, yeah, it's about a witch who's a very – she's new to magic. She's very distractible and bubbly and she's not great at it and she wants to be really good at it. And so she's – decided not to get distracted by anything she's going to really focus in on this and then she accidentally summons a hot guy witch into her bedroom um (laughs) as you do and then they start to fall for each other and it's just whether she can balance both the career aspect of the magic and what that is in her identity with falling in love or whether she has to choose Oh, wow. And you guys have filmed the entire thing now? Like, I'm 
And do you plan to do like a second series or like a second season? We don't have um, a second season on the table at the moment. We might, but mm-hmm. um, but it's not a not a definite. It's Was a pretty- there? Sorry, you go, you're Molly. Uh, it's a pretty resolved storyline. It was pretty. You kind of have to write to. Uh, the format like what you're given and because we had we had 22 episodes uh Emily was pretty determined to kind of make it a full story within that um and I think we'll talk a bit more about funding I'm sure but like uh you there is a kind of prerequisite with funding that you're using it as a launching pad for something larger so it's like rather than maybe staying in that short form, it's the idea that maybe you make a short form thing and then you use that, the opportunities that were given to you to move into a slightly longer form space. So, yeah, I think that's just all stuff that like is Emily is having to think about right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, we've filmed it all. It's It's all out there now. Uh, like yeah, a couple amazing. of random behind the scenes things. <laughs> and what was it like being a director? Had you directed prior to this or is this kind of like your big like director? This is definitely the biggest yeah. thing I've directed. Um, I've directed a lot but with far less uh, money involved. Yeah. Um, it was wonderful. Yes, I bless Emily. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah this web series is so good. Well done. Can I direct it? And she was like, yes. I was like, thank you. Um, (laughs) It was so much fun. It was one of those great things that because I was involved in it from the start, I could kind of plant some stuff early on. One of the first things that we established was because it was this vlog, we were looking at the scripts and going, oh, it's a bit it's going to be hard to make so much action happen in a vlog because it would just be someone talking to camera. And yeah. so we said, what if the camera, because it's a magic show, what if she's enchanted her phone to float and film her and follow her around? And That's then cool. suddenly that opened up the whole world in terms of how we were able to shoot it. And it was this thing that was already built into the script. So we came on set knowing how we were going to, I mean, obviously it came on set knowing how we were going to shoot it, but like the whole time I knew how we'd shoot it, um, mm. which is just something you don't really get if you come in two weeks before the shoot starts. Um, yeah. But it was so much fun. It was so wonderful having the, yeah, the collaboration with Emily to be able to go, I know what she wants. We both are on the same page about how this needs to look and feel, but then she's still obviously there because she is also the lead actor yeah. uh, to watch it back, watch the monitor, say if anything's not feeling right. Like it was just such a um, space where we both could, you know, have a vision and work together. It was wonderful. Yeah, um, 100%. And if you both didn't agree like on certain things and weren't on the same page, were what was that going to look like if, like, did you ever have discussions about that? Because I know that's super important when people are, like, getting into projects and stuff and want to know who, kind of how other people would have handled that. Was there, like, discussions about if you weren't on the same page with things? Was, like, was yeah. would it have been a different kind of situation? Um, There were 
probably not on set because we did so much work on it in pre and we knew exactly where we were at but if we had things that we disagreed with we both just kind of talk about like we have a very open communication with each other as friends which we carried through to that so we'd be like all right this is what I want and here's why and then like all right well this is what I want and here's why and we just kind of like workshop it it's that thing that you always hear couples saying about like it's us against the problem Mm. instead of like each other it kind of felt like that that if we needed to work out what decision we were making and we could kind of like try and make it so that we were both getting what we needed of a moment or a decision yeah yeah everyone uh emily just called us a couple it's 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 official it's happening yeah i think there was one time and also because it's emily's baby i was like never gonna go like i'm gonna absolutely die on a hill but there was i will we will never say what the situation was there was one time (laughs) i pulled out a hard veto i was like i will not veto anything else this is the one thing that I am like. And she was so right. She was so right. <laughs> yeah. like, But it's, like, really good that you can come together and collaborate and knowing that, like, you're just so open to taking on board other people's opinions and, like, what like what they have to say and what they have to bring to something that might change your perspective. And I feel like I'm going through that right now too because I'm, like, in the middle of creating, like, a show and – the actual premise of it is like super close to super close to me but I've had to kind of um not detach from that but try and see it and be like okay like not everything has to be to what I thought it should be um some of these ideas are better than what I had and it takes it takes a lot to kind of drop drop the ego in that sense and be like okay like I'm just gonna be super open to other people's ideas and then if there is something I 100% don't agree with like there's ways to like talk through it yeah and I think it also comes down to us both wanting it sounds really obvious but us both wanting the show to be the best it can be and it sounds obvious but I think a lot of people aren't as self-aware or introspective and so sometimes um wanting your own idea or your own work for that sake to be seen is what's driving a lot of people Mm -hmm. and but no one if it was put to them would stick by that like no one thinks oh no but I just need my idea but um but when you think that it's about the show but it's actually about that it can get a little bit problematic but we are both very strong in like we just want the show to be as great as possible and so like can put kind of ego on the back but that sounds like oh my god we didn't even worry about ego just like you know the non-bad version of ego even just Mm. put to the side when we're working stuff out and how long did it take to film the entire series (laughs) five days Oh really? Yeah. It wow, was how was that how did that work? <laughs> um Molly <laughs> as a director, how stressful was that? It it honestly wasn't that 
stressful because the crew was unbelievable. Uh, the whole team was just, everybody was so game because we had about, pro, what would it be, 45 minutes of content all up, which I guess if you put across five days, you still that's still a mighty amount of content. That's still nine minutes a day roughly. Um, but we did so much preparation. Everybody kind of knew exactly what they were coming into and how we were shooting it. Um, you know, Emily and the other actors were obviously all over what they had to do. It's very, it's a pretty, and I think this happens with a lot of, especially comedy, because I think comedy generally gets a lot less funding in Australia Mm -hmm. um, from this like, you know, kind of old school notion that it doesn't need to be as expensive as drama. But I think with comedy, you're just, you get less time, you get less money, so you get less time to rehearse. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for actors, I imagine that's a bit of a challenge to just go, learn your blocking really quickly, learn where you have to move in the space uh, and just act, go, go, go. I'll tell you if you've done anything crazy wrong, but other than that, just kind of go for it. Um, We were very lucky that like Emily and I had kind of inadvertently had a lot of time to rehearse just throughout all the kind of hours and hours, uh, probably a year we spent working on Wispy before we shot it. Um, Yeah. Because we first applied. The other thing is um, one shot. So that it's hard to say whether that helps or hinders time-wise because you're not having to get the pickups and you're not having to get the different people's close-ups. But um, if you mess up, <laughs> you mess up the entire thing. Yeah, I, I do think it was like, and I don't want to use the word hinder because it was amazing and we got so much out of it being one shot, but I am used to, uh, you know, the I'm used to cross-shooting, I'm used to having two cameras and being able to get so much in one setup. And then if something doesn't quite work, I go, well, you know, we can use this shot from take one and this shot from take three and we'll be fine. Let's move on after three takes. Whereas on Wispy, we were getting up to like 12 takes of some shots. Yeah. Um, wow. And I was like, this is... This is wild. I've never been in a position where the slate says take 12 before. Um, Almost terrifying. It was a little earth shaking, but yeah, it was. (laughs) Did you, I mean, was that because did you have to, when you got funding? So kind of let's, if you don't mind, let's feel like it's leading to the funding, but like what um, is it? Are you given a timeline once you get the money? Is that why there was only five days? allocated Um, or not really we we didn't apply for a crazy amount of money it was my first not molly's first time but my first time applying for funding at all Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to keep it as little as possible so that i would have more chance um because they don't know my work they know that molly's great so there's you know that's a little help (laughs) but um but they don't know if I can do this. So I wanted to be like, look, I'm, I'm not asking for that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried to just fit it in as small a amount of time as possible because every day you shoot is more money. Yeah. So that's how we did that. And how did you, like, what were you researching in terms of funding bodies before you approached 
them like what what came into what you were going to include when you applied for it um so there's a very clear application process for screen australia mm-hmm. um you it's through a portal called smarty grants and there's like 13 pages of stuff to fill out as well as having to do a full uh budget uh marketing plan um what else molly you have to like really they it's kind of like an exam you have to answer all these questions about Mm -hmm. audience and what the show is and all this stuff but then there's also like the creative side of it like you make this big document that kind of encapsulates the tone and vision of the show you do a big pitch video they you don't have to but they like it when you do a proof of concept so we did our own janky version of the first episode without any of the special effects but I just shot it and Emily acted in it Um, okay so you you showed them like a kind of a like sizzle reel a little bit to see what like we did the first episode we we shot the pilot oh yeah nice nice and is Is that did you redo that when you got the money or no Oh yeah, like yeah, it's what what we shot as a proof of concept of the pilot. It was, um, I think, in the in the first episode, we have a toaster fall from behind me, and I think Molly, that was just text, yeah, like toaster falls. Um, yeah, really- I was like, insert toaster here, insert yeah. here, like it was just all these little text things. It was largely to showcase because Wispy is this character. Wispy, this series is following this character it was showing Emily's performance mm-hmm. and how we'd achieved that and then just a bit of kind of the pacing the comic I think it was showcasing Emily as an actor and the comedy of it more yeah. than any of the glitz because yeah that um I, I don't think I could pull off as a cinematographer or as a VFX yeah. artist yeah yeah Fair enough. And were you and Emily, were you, so when you were going for funding, did you ever think of going for like more amount of money or were you just set on being like, I'm just going to go for a smaller amount because I'm just not 100% sure? Um. So the first, I, we submitted in February 2022 and they got back to us. They got back to you in about eight weeks. And um, so it was a little under that. And they were like, no. <laughs> and um, and weren't necessarily encouraging me to reapply. You can only apply with the same idea twice. Um, oh, wow. So it was, if I was going to reapply, it was going to need to be really solid. So I got as much feedback as I could and there was a few things that they wanted differently um but they weren't like really encouraging me to do it but I I really believed in the show and I really thought it could work um so I spent six months reworking it with those notes and then we did the whole thing again and we shot another proof of concept and another pitch video and um in that one I actually asked for more money. Okay. About, yeah, not a whole lot more, but a little more because it just, I was like, all right, well, we do need these things. We need mm-hmm. this amount to be able to get the show done. And it's not so much of a leap up that they're likely to say no. Um, and also they could always say, or 
we like the show, but we're only giving you this amount, you know? So, so I had just, for, remember why we thought it was, why we made that decision to ask for a little bit more? I honestly can't remember. I, I think we just knew what the show was more and knew how to shoot it a bit better because it originally the first time we applied it was not a romantic comedy in the same way it was a comedy with a romantic storyline and Mm. it was still really great but it just didn't sit in a defined space as clearly and that was Screen Australia's feedback and I cannot stress enough that like no so few people get no's from Screen Australia and go, okay, I'll just immediately try again. And the fact that Emily did was just like one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen. She was super sad for about a day and then she was like, okay, here we go again. Mm. And she took on all their feedback and got it so specifically into this rom-com, early 2000s, female-led you know, quietly feminist space that it just was so knew what it so was so clearly knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the worst sentence structure ever. You guys get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's all good. <laughs> and then um, it, I think, because of that, because she knew what it was in this way we hadn't previously known. Um, the we just knew how to shoot it a bit better and yeah. had an idea of what it was a bit more so I think that probably lent itself to slightly more money just going okay well we definitely will need these things or we definitely do need we must have a bunny we must have these like costly things that I pushed us up a bit and because they had they gave you the funding did they have any control in the like next steps with the project in terms of like casting and things like that or was that kind of still up to you guys and they just you know essentially just grant you the money they have a lot of script notes um which is wonderful because they know the space they know tiktok and instagram um they're also just very good on story and i think like their notes got the story Emily, you're obviously the writer, so you can speak to this more, but um, they made the story very simple and streamlined and, you know, were very savvy on what was um, a really important part of the plot and then what we could kind of kill and it wouldn't hurt the story. Um, Would you agree with that, Emily? Yeah, and I think it was really good to work with because they were also like these are just suggestions and so you know when I I was a bit like oh god I you know I can take that and change that and that but I I really don't want to lose this thing and they're like oh then don't lose it I was like oh cool cool great um and if there was a note that I was like I I don't think that will work as well I would explain why and they'd be like that makes so much sense don't worry but um and that collaboration meant that it was really it was yeah the <laughs> there was an end to the sentence somewhere <laughs> it was really weird. no that that's that's great yeah so they I guess they they're more of a like um they just come on as an extra like 
collaboration in a sense so they don't really that it's not really like harsh kind of like gotta get rid of this gotta get rid of that no there's no other option no no and it was really just script notes as well like casting was all us um and like location was all that like all of that stuff um getting the crew I just I love our crew so much <laughs> just yeah. that's, that's really great though like I it's really informative like because you know a lot of my listeners are very much doing their own doing their own content so it's really it's it's really important for them to know like how you guys went about it and you know helping other Australians get their stuff funded is only gonna like add to our industry and make our industry a lot better and a lot fuller than, you know, keeping what you guys learned to yourselves. Um, so I'm really grateful that you came on and spoke about the series, but also like gave advice on how to get funding. Um, I'd love to end on maybe like your top, top three tips for getting funding and them like maybe the top three things that you should do before even approaching Screen Australia or another funding body. Yeah, um, know your audience and your tone and genre. Like, really know your show and where it sits. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think also just ask people for help. I I think sometimes there's a misconception that like Australia is super gatekeepy and people don't want to help you because there's not enough space for everyone. Um, But I do think if you asked like anyone, Hey, how do you, do you have any tips on how to apply for funding? Like anyone who, you know, who's gotten it or um, anything like that, people would be so willing to sit down and help you. And I also think, you should reach out to the funding body and speak to someone like yeah. Screen Australia really encourage you to like go talk to them, tell them a bit about the project, ask any questions, ask if you don't understand the application. They're really helpful. They are just like normal people, yeah. power and age working there. They're not like this scary impenetrable government organization. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, just, like, ask for help and don't be afraid to just, like, cold email, cold call people because they want to help you. Yeah, 100%. And it's super it's super important to ask for help or to ask questions. The worst you can get is, like, a no, like, they don't want to answer, but which is very rare. Like, yeah. with anything, I feel like with any funding body, it's very rare that someone's going to be like, no, we're not going to answer your question. Um but yeah, I just it's super it's super inspiring that you guys did this. And um do you have any plans to make it into a fully fledged like TV show or anything like that? Are you kind of just like taking the ride at the moment and um I letting mean, people watch it and see what they think? Stan, if you're watching. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I mean just just pop up if you can. Uh, but it, it would be great. We'd love to do that. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it how it lands as well across. It's all on Instagram at the moment. It's now being released on YouTube and it is shortly to, re- uh, to be released on TikTok. So um, see how it lands across the different platforms. Yeah, for sure. Well, it looks exciting. It looks great. Um, and 
I I feel like I've got my fingers crossed for you with TikTok. I feel like it could go off on TikTok just because the way TikTok is at the moment. It's like, yeah, everyone's watching TikTok. Yes. Yeah. It's just where it's at. <laughs> just gonna I put see. everything on TikTok. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming on today, and I'm so yeah, I'm so excited for you guys and looking forward to whatever projects you do next. Um. But thank you for sharing all the information that you shared today about the series and the funding part of it. I think people really find it super informative and, yeah, good luck with everything. Thanks thank for having you. us. Yeah, thanks. All good. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're still there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts.